When you are down and out, how do you get up and go forward? Have you been prospecting for month on end, only to end up with one? Your past mistakes, habits, and limited belief prison your development? Or are you just kind of depressed about your current employment? There are many reasons to get down and start to get depressed about your situations. When you're down, do you know how to get back up in that right direction? Join us on Yes You Can podcast show. The new you start today, not tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is Trevor Yeremai Carter. And we are back again before the end of the year to 2021. And I am back with another episode with another special guest, this time from the United States. And she does have a real story that can change lives of people who are going through some health issues right now. So uh, I want to say welcome, everyone. And uh, we are wrapping up before we all spend time with our families. Looking forward to 2021, new things, new hopes, and new dreams. And today we have our wonderful guest, uh, Alandra Mitchell. And I'm so excited because she has the same Caribbean background as myself, which will have so much similarities in terms of our country, our health, and lifestyle. So before I, uh, let me go straight into it. So welcome to the show, Alandra. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate an opportunity to share my story uh, with your audience. Absolutely. And uh, Alandra, I, I would say you've been a pilgrim <laughs> <laughs> because there's a journey about your life, how you move from one end of the side of the world to another side and you've started a successful career for yourself. So tell us a little bit about your background, your heritage and uh, take it from there. Absolutely. So I was born and raised in the Twin Island Republic of Trinidad and Tobago. Um, My family is still there. We are very tight knit, very close, and we all enjoy spending time with each other. But I decided that I wanted to pursue higher education in healthcare. So I moved to the US um, to do an undergrad degree in forensic psychology at the time. And while I was in the process of doing that, I did a couple classes and I saw a laboratory while I was walking by and I just fell in love. I thought, this is really cool. I wanna see what they're doing in there. So <laughs> went into the laboratory and absolutely fell in love with the um, devices, the instruments, everything, and decided to change my major. So I switched over from forensic psychology to forensic science with a a specialization in forensic toxicology. And that opened so many doors for me. Um, I later started working in a laboratory at my school. I went to John Jay College of Criminal Justice in New York City, and they gave me so many opportunities. I was designing my own experiments and everything. I absolutely enjoyed it. And it fortunately gave me an opportunity to move into pharma. So I was working for a um, pharmaceutical company, helping them develop one of their uh, drugs, actually improve one of their existing drugs. And I did that after graduation and absolutely loved it. So there was just so many things that just kind of tied me all into the place I am today. I'm now a pharmacist and that's a whole long story on its own. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. 
I can imagine so. Um, going back to your leaving beautiful Trinidad and Tobago, our parents have a strict idea of our career, what we want to be, a lawyer, a doctor. Did you come across any challenges about that before you made up your mind to go to psychology and now into healthcare? No, I am fortunate that my family did not have expectations of my career for me. Um, my Both my parents, they were very open to my brothers and I uh, interests. I actually loved singing as a kid and they put me in um, music school and, and allowed me to go to voice training. And I never pursued that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, my brother is a visual arts communications designer. And that's mm -hmm. pretty much an artist, you know? So a lot of things that some parents would not really think that are careers for their kids, my parents allowed us to do that. So we were really, really fortunate um, to have just support in whatever we wanted to do. Okay, so hop hopper where you went, you got on with your life without any hiccups or any hold back, which is good. And you end up in New York and you said, a lot of doors start to open for you in the healthcare. Um, was it something you were expecting? Absolutely not. So the funny story is that the job that I received working for the pharmaceutical company at a lab at Brooklyn College was afforded to me because my mentor, while I was working at my school and preparing to graduate said there's a position available here with my mentor so i can you know put in a word i think you work well you're an awesome person i think you have good work ethic so i'm gonna put in a word with you and that's literally how i got that job you know and i'm so fortunate to have that because that was the best experience for me it really propelled my trajectory into the place i am today and i always say thank you it's my uh one of my mentors dr peter lipke and his uh mentee which is okay. dr jason rousio and yeah. i absolutely love them for that all right so big shout out to those if they're listening to your show i'm sure they're <laughs> yeah. A quick call on your phone and said, I heard you on your radio show with yes, you can. Um, so obviously you hopped into an opportunity that you weren't aware of. Um, did it did it involve a lot of catching up to learn the process of things in the healthcare? So no. Um, the crazy part is that being educated, like my um secondary school education in Trinidad was really all-encompassing for what I was going to do as an undergrad student um, in healthcare, I guess, you know? Yeah. So I was able to have some really good background in physics, biology, chemistry, just from mm -hmm. my education back home. So that really kind of pushed me to be able to do this a lot easier than other folks. So when a lot of people tell me, you know, it's really hard coming from the Caribbean to kind of fit in. I, I kind of think about that situation because I really think our education system there prepares us so well for any other area um, mm. that you'd like to get into. All right. So you went into the healthcare and obviously that are the doors open. You had your white overall on and you were ready to do the work. So in terms of the way they operate in terms of the healthcare. Was there anything that surprised you based in the United States and based on health and people health-wise that surprised you compared to the people back home? Absolutely. So healthcare is very different in the Caribbean and in uh, the U.S., uh, right. as you already know, you know. Uh -huh. um, 
<laughs> I absolutely loved my background of being able to talk to uh, the elderly and find out what kind of things they used to help propel their um, their health and things like that. So when I decided to go into pharmacy, which I did after I worked for the pharmaceutical company, I went on to pharmacy school and I graduated in pharmacy school uh, in 2018. And now I am working as a health and wellness writer and I started my own company called RX Rounds. Mm -hmm. So I realized that there's so much difference between the healthcare system in the Caribbean and the healthcare system elsewhere. So when we think about treating patients in the Caribbean, we really cannot think about the same things that we think of in mm -hmm. other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. There are so many things we have to take into consideration. For instance, their diet, their mm -hmm. backgrounds, mm -hmm. their um, ethnicities, uh, the disparities, some of the availability of things there, you know, the medications, things are not necessarily available in the Caribbean as they are elsewhere. So there are a lot of things we have to take into consideration when we're talking about patients in the Caribbean versus in the Western world. So that really drew me to the point where I needed to make a difference in my community. I okay. thought that as a Caribbean woman, you know, with a very strong heritage, you know, my family is still there. I needed to make a difference in healthcare where I could, and I knew the importance of the impact that I can make with those people. Right, amazing, because when you go into the healthcare, people tend to find it's a broad capacity area of health, different capacity, different categories. Can you specifically say the department you work in, was it designing tablets? Was it experimenting before they go onto the market? What level of work did you get involved in, in terms of the healthcare? Yeah, so when I worked with the pharmaceutical company, it was really about improving one of their existing drugs. So they had a, a specific drug that was already being used on the market for um, immunocompromised individuals. And we were trying to find out what is the best way to improve this drug that already exists. They had a lot of data already existing in terms mm -hmm. of what can help with um, that particular uh, drug. So we were trying to upregulate some of the things that we knew were able to help build this drug and make it better and add it to that particular drug. So it, it's very like a compartmental thing, you know, it's, right, right. Okay. it's not, it's not, you're not able to just focus on one area, but we were designing the experiments to produce the materials they needed to improve the drug. Okay. So Correctly then, I'm thinking, so you could get a data of people with cancer mm -hmm. and you have to then identify or come up with a drug to reduce cancer or to help improve their life. Is, is that correct in terms of what you were doing? Is that how it would work? So not necessarily. Um, it would help to sort of decrease the tumor size, for instance, or okay. maybe um, to impact the side effects associated with the, the oh. particular disease state. So that's that's what I was working on. Of course, there are other areas. There are a lot of people who work in chemotherapy and developing those types of medications. And that's all, all very different. But for me, we were looking at improving some of the components of the drug so that we can have more of it in the medication that will benefit the persons right. who have to take it. Right. Now, in your department, did you come across any challenges that you thought, oops, what do we do near now? How do we 
improve this, working endless nights and days trying to come up with a solution because it's a lot of research. It's a lot of uh, finding out the facts. And sometimes they do take months, sometimes years. Did you come across any scenarios that you felt it was really challenging in that department? Absolutely. There were tons of challenges for me. Okay. Um, I get my pen and paper for that one. How many? A hundred? <laughs> <laughs> no, there were quite a few. I think um, one of the major challenges I had while working in the lab was being able to get my experiments to the, the highest level. So um, I worked in collaboration with another uh, scientist and she's absolutely amazing. I loved her. Um, but for some reason, I wasn't able to get the same results she was getting. And mm. I was continuously doing the experiments each and every time. And it was a challenge for me. You know, I was just out of uh, um, school. Uh, this was my first job. And I was trying to, you know, make sure I'm perfect and get position right and everything. Um, so it took me a little bit of time to really warm up to the techniques and being able to pipette, you know, and, and develop these uh experiments and things like that right. so that's one of the major challenges I've faced and definitely practice like with anything you have to continuously be doing it in order to improve your your skills right. and that's one of the things that I had to really hone in on because I'm a very um I'm a perfectionist okay right. <laughs> I, I um I love to be able to get things right away because usually I'm, I'm not having issues getting things together. So that really frustrated me when I had that challenge. Right, right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Alandra Mitchell all the way from Trinidad and Tobago and set up her life and career in the healthcare. Now you've heard her story. Maybe you are wanting to follow her footsteps to become into the healthcare. Well, guess what? You're in the right show to hear the true story from Alandra. So Alandra, it's amazing how somebody can actually make a difference for themselves and then have an impact on other people's lives. Uh, what I want to ask you now, moving on a little bit, is the fact that, um, do you think that people in your department have a lot of respect from society more than a nurse and a doctor? Or is it something where people think, oh, that's a little department, just do and do your job. Do you think it's more recognized and respected in society, the kind of job you're doing in the healthcare? I think all healthcare professionals are respected and we absolutely have respect for each other. You know, there is a certain level of um, information that I don't know that I would get from my nursing friends or my physician friends. Um, and, and we know who the experts are in each field. So for instance, when I worked in a hospital, I did uh, that for a year. I was a pharmacy resident in Texas. I was able to be the go-to person with the team on the medications that we need to give to a patient. Um, they would ask my recommendations. They would ask me, um, how long do you think this patient should be on this antibiotic and things like that. And when I didn't know information, I would go to my colleagues. I would go to the social worker who is an extremely important part of the team, go to the physical therapist, the respiratory therapist, all of these people, we work together as a network to really provide the best patient care. And I think no one individual is better than the other. And I, I would absolutely say, I wouldn't be able to do my job to the best of my ability without my colleagues. Right, so. right, right. Very interesting because um, the reason why I ask that because there's a lot of debate 
about the healthcare, how they work and certain departments. And everybody seemed to be, I would say over in UK, there's a lot of uh, political talk in the healthcare with dividing everybody rather than working together. But from your perspective is in the United States, we have the pandemic now. And obviously there's lots of questions flying in the air. Where do you think is the, what answer would you give before we move on is and let people out there understand what healthcare is really all about, rather than what it's not doing. What would you say? Wow, that's a great question. And I, I've been asked this a couple of times, especially with reference to the vaccines and all of that that are coming out. As a healthcare professional, we are here to help you make the best decision for yourself. Um, we are not here to tell you uh, this is what you should do or this is what you should not do. I'm not here to persuade you or dissuade you in any possible way, but I will provide you with the best and most evidence-based information to help you make an informed decision. So there is no, in my opinion, I would not say that we would um, be compartmentalizing all of the areas of healthcare, but everyone should be able to make their own decisions and speak to your doctor, like have a, a conversation with doctors, have a conversation with your um, therapist or all the other healthcare professionals to help you make the most informed decision for yourself. Right, okay, absolutely. So you're in the healthcare system. How long did you end up working in that department before you set up your own business, which we're gonna move on to? Yeah, um, I did that for one year. So um, after pharmacy school, we have something called a residency program, which is similar to like a medical residence or a doctor. Yeah. Um, we basically work in the field um, in the healthcare system. Mine was at a hospital and it was connected to clinicals and stuff as well. Clinics, sorry, and stuff as well. Right. So I, ha I had a year of doing that and I absolutely enjoyed it. But when I went into that program, I even told them in my interview that my goal was to work for my people. Uh, I wanted to be um, able to bring, give back to my Caribbean community. Right. So it, it only took me a little while after that to really start finding ways for me to build, bring healthcare to the Caribbean. And that's how RX Rounds came about. Okay. Now, obviously, back in the Caribbean, we have all the herbs grown all around us. Mm -hmm. And uh, believe it or not, people in the Caribbean don't even know certain herbs exist in the Caribbean. Yeah. I always say this to my clients, we're walking past it every day and people don't realize that's a herb that can cure certain sicknesses. Now let's go a little bit back to your, your company or your business that you set up. What was the reason to go that way? And what is it that your business provides? Apart from, I know you say the heritage and people in the Caribbean, but is it research or is it pure uh, organic remedies and herbs. Tell me a little bit about that. So RX Rounds is a health and wellness educational platform. So we basically do all of the background information um, and research based on health uh, disease states, uh, medications, and all of that. So what we give to the Caribbean community is a, a very research-based approach to what is happening in healthcare. Um, we have set up, so I say we because I've developed this with the connections with uh, other wellness partners. So what I do is I reach out to my colleagues who are from different 
Caribbean backgrounds and we have conversations about healthcare and the impact that it has on the Caribbean community. Mm -hmm. So there is an aspect of um, nutraceuticals or non-prescription drugs or even prescription medications. There's everything that you could think of that's related to healthcare in our community we discuss it and we try to bring the best possible information so that they can make the most informed decisions for themselves and their families. Okay, so from my understanding, it sounds like you are like educating for people to take responsibility of their health rather than provide a service or product. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, Education is the key in healthcare. Um, And just because I, I have had very personal experience with that as Um, growing up in the Caribbean because I I lost my mother to cancer, colon cancer at a very young age. Mm -hmm. And at that time, there was little known about it. Uh, Doctors was not sure what was going on with her. There were a lot of questions. And now, you know, as I've grown and I've done my own research, I think of the things that could have been, um, we could have been educated about that were would have prevented her to succumb to this disease because colon cancer is one of those that are very much preventable once you have your routine checks and things like that. Um, and we got to know that with the recent death of Chadwick, um, Chad Boswick uh, earlier this year. Right, okay. Now, let me ask you, in the Caribbean, um, I believe the questions might be a little bit different from the residents in the United States when it comes to health. What questions are you getting from the people from the Caribbean asking you when they come and you educate them? What concerns are they having? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Well, more recently, it's concerns about COVID-19, of course. Uh, A lot of the concerns I get in general are from new moms. Uh, I I guess because I'm a young individual in healthcare and giving this information, there's a lot of trust that is built amongst new mothers and they they are looking for um, as much information as they can as how they could be the best possible mom for their kids. Um, And I really enjoy that because I am now able to contact people in different areas of um, pediatrics or lactation specialists, things like that, just to really help them make the best decisions for their baby. And like I mentioned before, it's not about telling them what to do, but, you know, just providing information. And I believe the access to information is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. um, to find as a Caribbean person, because you're not really sure what's, what's the best thing for you, or you're not sure where to find the right information because there's a host of misinformation out there. So we wanted to make sure we have all of the professionals in their relative areas to provide that information to them so that they can make the best choice for their kids. And and I love hearing from new moms. Uh, We have a bunch of pictures on our social media of new moms who ask us questions. So I absolutely enjoy doing that as well. Fantastic. So you are actually stepping out of the the arena of reaching out and saying, hi, I'm here, if you got any questions, come and ask me. And uh, that leads me to a question which I'm very familiar over here in in UK is men coming to somebody and saying, look, I've got a health problem, especially patriarch cancer, testicle cancer. Men don't tend to come forward and ask these things. Uh, They tend to 
suppress it down and go on with their lives, where the women seem to be more out there and say, look, ABC. I find a lot of the Caribbean men don't come forward for whatever reason. I'm sure you can relate to that. And I mean, I'm a stress relief and a well-being coach. And I'm like, what's happening here? Why are the men not coming forward to ask? You give them flyers, you give them information. And for some reason, you hardly get any response. Is that still happening with you in the work that you're doing? And if so, what do you think is the situation of education to get the men to come forward? Yeah, I think <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> you mentioned that because the, most of the folks that contact me are asking questions for their husbands or for oh, their right, significant yeah. I, know that game. I know that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the background just sitting down and say, tell her, tell her, tell her, tell her, yeah. Yes, exactly. And and yeah, it is a, it's not only a cultural thing. I would say it's not only in the Caribbean, it's everywhere. Um, men in general just aren't... Um, moving towards getting healthcare, uh, help with mental health, help with mm -hmm. physical health, help with emotional health. That's just not within their area, in, in their wheelhouse, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the invitation is wide open. We want our men to come to us and ask us questions because their health is just as important as the women's health. And um, we try to create an open platform for that. Uh, a lot of my uh, wellness partners are men, uh, okay. very strategic to try to get the guys <laughs> to come in and ask questions. Um, but yeah, we try to create an open platform, but it, it is true. The women, for some reason, are always more interested in knowing more and getting more information than, than the men are. All right, absolutely. So based on your business now, I mean, it's educational, it's, it's getting people to make a decision for themselves for their health. What is your long-term plan with your business at the moment? Yeah, so that's a great question because I've been trying to, to see what my next step would be with this. Um, I'm really hopeful to be able to make an impact in healthcare in a really broad way in the Caribbean. Um, I want to develop systems that would allow for uh, technology to be involved in our healthcare system. Um, as you may know, the health and wellness system in the Caribbean is a little bit behind in terms of technology because we don't have as much availability as Western countries and things like that. So that's my goal because uh, I absolutely enjoy technology. My um, residency was focused in data, data analytics, excuse me, yeah. and health informatics. So to be able to push through some of these uh, technology or um, health IT options into the Caribbean will really be great. And I, I think it will help with some of the issues that we have in our healthcare system in general. Right, right. Now, since you've said that, there's a question came to me. Are you a charity organization or are you a voluntary organization? How, what legal status is your business at the moment? So we're not a, a nonprofit yet. Um, I'm hoping to head back to Trinidad and be able to register as a nonprofit. That's my goal. Um, but yeah, most of the stuff that we do is just uh, informational, so providing information. My outside of that, I do healthcare writing, which is um, more for larger companies and things like that. I write articles, white papers, and things like that for them. Right, okay. So based on your technology, which I can see that's still bubbling in you after we've been in New York and dealing with the technology, it's a possibility you could be looking for a sponsorship for somebody to invest 
to allow you to take your project forward to put technology in the Caribbean. Is that something you'll be wanting some of our listeners who might be interested in getting in touch with you? Would that be something? Yes, absolutely. Um, there's there's so much that could be done in terms of health IT um, in the Caribbean. And, and I think we could benefit from a lot of um, maybe Caribbean people investing in our healthcare system down there. Um, and our, our Ministry of Health is really great in terms of what they do at the moment. But right. I think there needs to be a little bit more innovation in terms of our healthcare system and where it can go in the next few years. Right, okay. So your health system, is it just Trinidad and Tobago or other Caribbean islands that people are contacting you or you were letting yourself next door neighbor islands? Is that correct? Yeah, it's actually all of the Caribbean islands. Um, so RX Rounds focuses on health and wellness for the Caribbean community. And that's basically the Caricom Islands. So it will be places like um, Jamaica, Barbados, Trinidad, of course, uh, Grenada, Antigua, um, even some of the countries in South America, like Guyana, um, right. which is included in the Caricom Islands. So we, we cater to everyone that fits into the Caribbean community um, right. umbrella. Right, okay. That includes the Caribbean in the, in the UK. <laughs> yes, yeah? okay. yes, and the diaspora, because we, we do have a lot of folks in the diaspora that reach out to us as well um, about their healthcare and, and what they need to do for their kids and stuff like that, so. All right, absolutely fantastic. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it. If you are in the diaspora from the Caribbean, Alandra Mitchell is available to take your questions based on your health. Hey, networking is the key, and we do have to look at ourselves and our health and what's going on around us to make a change in different for our children, children. So, Alandra, I must say it's been an honor to have you on our show, and uh, there's so much I can feel you've got a lot to offer. And I really want to make that opportunity available to our listeners. If you don't mind, give us your contact details, your website, or if you have a phone number. Absolutely. So you can definitely find us on our website, rxrounds.com. And that actually has a link to our WhatsApp uh, phone. So you can send us messages. If you have questions, send it through there as well. We also have a podcast called Rx Rounds, where I discuss health and wellness uh, topics with some of my uh, wellness partners in the Caribbean and in the diaspora as well. So we're also on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook um, as RX Rounds. So pretty much anywhere that's a social platform, you can find us. Uh, so feel free to send any questions you may have or chat with us and tell us what you need to hear in our next season because we're restarting our podcast in January and we're excited to do some new things uh, for our listeners. Absolutely fantastic. Now, before I wrap up, the one thing I want to ask, do you provide any supplement products that you sell or is it just research or just information? This, no, I don't sell any supplements at all, no. Okay, right. Maybe that's something we're going to have to ask for sponsorship to help you start developing <laughs> plants-based products. You never know. Uh, somebody out there may be looking at an idea that might be able to work with you to try and build the business and take it even further. So, Alandria, what I can say, thank you so much for having you on the show. And uh, I wish you all the best for 2021. And uh, if I actually get a, a newspaper and I see you in the newspaper, then I know you've gone somewhere. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Trevor. This has been great.
All right. Thank you for your time. And thank you, listeners. And again, enjoy yourself and look after yourself and see you all in 2021. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you.